Welcome to this episode of Inside Publishing, the series where we interview industry experts on everything publishing. In this episode, I am joined by Lauren Steele, creator of The Indie List and a bookshop manager at Waterstones in London. We discuss what it's like to be a bookseller, skills and advice on getting into bookselling, independent publishing and the art of recommending books. Welcome to another episode of Inside Publishing. Today I'm joined by Lauren Steele, bookshop manager at Crouch End Waterstones and book club coordinator at SYP London. She's here to talk about all things book selling. Welcome Lauren, thank you for joining me. No problem, Flick. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think it'd be great if we could start off hearing a little bit about your journey into book selling and how you got to your current role. Sure, so Bookselling wasn't actually something that was on my radar until a friend suggested I applied to work at Waterstones. Before that, I finished university and I was looking in publishing and did one internship at a small online publisher, but I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. After that, I pursued a master's in Renaissance history and then started almost straight away at Waterstones. And I've been there now for about three years. And in those three years, I started as a bookseller at Walthamstow, a shop very dear to my heart. I love them a lot. And then after the pandemic, I moved to Crouch End, gaining a little bit more seniority, and then briefly moving to Hampstead over Christmas as a lead bookseller before coming back to Crouch End as a manager. So I've done a little bit of moving about. And with that, I've gained more experience and more seniority. Cool, that's great to hear. So you've had a specific pathway in your career so far that led you to become a manager. Could you tell us a bit about some other pathways and roles in book selling at a company like Waterstones? Sure, I mean, there are so many interesting roles in book selling that aren't necessarily to do with going straight into being a manager. And it was something that really surprised me when I first entered the industry. Everyone starts as a bookseller, but then you can move into more specialised roles, which range from being a person who buys the stock for specific shops, liaising with managers to select titles to promote, and administrative roles as well, which help the shops run, to social media event coordination kind of roles. One of the things I really like about Waterstones is that they really take into account what you enjoy and they're always trying to find ways to build in to your role what you like doing because ultimately everyone brings something unique so as well as being a manager in my role I also look after some social media channels for our local shops and being in a small store I also look after a lot of events as well so there's so much flexibility. Oh that's great and sounds really good for like your career development as well as just keeping your job fresh and rewarding. Yeah definitely. So I'd love to know what does a day in the life of a bookseller or other bookshop manager look like? Sure. So I'll go through like as a typical bookseller first and then I'll I'll tell you what the differences are with my role. Yeah, that'd be great. So for a normal bookseller, a lot of the role revolves around a few core things. That's serving customers, accepting the delivery and shelving books. Obviously, there's a lot of emphasis on serving customers. They are the priority be that helping them find the book they're looking for or introducing them to something they might not have heard of. Within those sort of three core things, there's a lot of scope. So it could be that an event needs to be organised or something needs to be posted on social media or a local author could drop in for a spontaneous book signing and you've got to run around and try and find a suitable Sharpie for them. (laughs) 
As a manager, my role doesn't differ largely, partly because I'm in a small shop where everyone essentially has to do everything. The only extra bits for me would be things like answering emails, maybe attending some meetings with the wider London shops and talking to our buyer about what titles I'd like to stock in the store. I work quite closely with them to make sure that we've got things suitable for our customers. So, Lauren, how do you find it working in the book industry? So I really enjoy it, first and foremost. I mean, bookselling has always felt kind of tangential to publishing, but I still spend a lot of my time talking to publicists, authors. It kind of feels like it's still in that world, which is really lovely. I think the benefit of going into bookselling, as opposed to any other part of the industry, is that there's such a wide scope. As I touched on earlier, within Waterstones, there are so many different roles. But even on a day-to-day basis, there's still a wealth of opportunity. You're never focusing on one title, but instead you get to draw from this amazing pool of knowledge that you've accumulated with your colleagues. So ultimately someone at the end of the day goes away with their next favourite book. And that's something that is so rewarding to be a part of. Yeah, that sounds great. Would you say that this is one of the favourite aspects of your job or what is your favourite aspect of your job? Yes, to a certain extent, but ultimately it's so hard to choose. I always enjoy recommending to customers, telling them about the books that I've read and, you know, when they come back again for them to say, oh, I really enjoyed that book that you uh you told me about last time, what have you got next? And it's a, a really wholesome, amazing interaction. So that's definitely one of one of many favourite aspects. Having said that, I at the moment, I'm really enjoying organising events. I wasn't in bookselling for very long before the pandemic hit, so I didn't have much opportunity to be a part of that kind of side of the bookshop. But now we can get going again. I've managed to organise a really exciting lineup for the, for my shop in Crouch End, where we've got a, a whole heap of authors coming to talk about their work and over the next few weeks. And it's just really nice to be able to have that ability to give authors a platform. So not to not to plug or anything, but if anybody wants any tickets, <laughs> search Waterstones Crouch End. It's a different way to look at bookselling when you do events, and I think that's just another really interesting part of it. I'm also going to Cheltenham Literature Festival in a couple of weeks from when this podcast was recorded. That's probably one of the highlights of my year because you get to go and essentially build a bookshop, um, which is totally mad in <laughs> when you say it. But we build a bookshop in three days. There are hundreds of events and you get to meet so many authors and talk to so many different people. It's just such a unique experience. Oh, that's really exciting about Cheltenham Literature Festival. Do you have anyone in particular that you're most looking forward to seeing? Well, actually, so I've just finished Stanley Tucci's memoir, Taste, and looking at the lineup, looks like he's going to be there. Ah. So you will find me next to his table asking him if he'll cook for me forever. If you haven't read it yet, it's this amazing memoir about his life, but told through the food that he grew up with and experienced. And it's got little recipes in it as well. I cook from it quite a lot now. (laughs) Unfortunately, my boyfriend's dad has now stolen it from me for a few weeks. So I'm hopefully going to get it back so I can get it signed. But yeah, Stanley Tucci is definitely... Definitely the one I'm most excited about. I think it will just be really interesting to hear what he has to say. 
Yeah, that's really exciting. I've heard so many good things about his book. I definitely, I bought in hardback for my mother for Christmas and she loved it. So I will be stealing it off her. It was such a good Christmas present. Yeah, (laughs) I'll be stealing it back off her to do some of those recipes. Uh, So we talked about some of the exciting and good things about your job. But what is something that you find quite challenging about your job? So I think there are a couple of things. I think possibly the most challenging thing is having a lot of things on the go at once. And sometimes that can feel like a balancing act and it doesn't necessarily always go right. You know, you, you've got to look after the shop and manage the stock. You've also got to make sure customers are happy. But it's also about looking after your team as well. Um, I'm really lucky to have a fantastic small team of, of amazing booksellers. But obviously, the larger the team, the, the more difficult it can be to kind of make sure that everybody's ticking over okay and everything's going right and as a manager you've got to spin so many different plates and that can be really rewarding but sometimes when it doesn't go right I find that my work-life balance can go a bit off kilter and I do have to take a step back and kind of say no you know I need to take one thing at a time at the moment I think Christmas is notorious for that because it's one of our busiest times of year so naturally that's when chaos nearly sets in but not quite (laughs) It's always there in the background at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Lauren, you're the curator of a blog and the Indie List. Would you like to tell us a little bit about this? Yeah, sure. So outside of my book selling role, I created a blog called Loslit and um, by extension, a website called the Indie List. And I created this during the second lockdown while I was in furlough because I was I'll be honest, I was bored out of my mind um, trying to find a little project for me to do. And I was seeing how independent publishers were really struggling, especially without bookshops being open, and I wanted to help. So the Indie List essentially is a directory of independent publishers in the UK and Ireland, and it gives people access to all the information about a publisher, their website, contact details, a bit of information about what they specialize in and then any sort of like links to social media so they can follow them through those channels as well. I had a really fun time creating it. So I I liaised with about 100 publishers. Like the uptake, I was absolutely astonished because I put a little call out on Twitter on a Monday morning thinking nobody's going to see this. And all of a sudden, my uh, my phone was flooded with messages. Oh, yes, that would be so wonderful. And uh, it was really heartwarming to to see everybody kind of come together in that way. So I spent a lot of time on it. Um, it, it almost ended up being nearly a full time job for for lockdown, which was in some ways quite nice. And uh, each sort of publisher has their own entry on the website now. And while I don't add to it too much anymore because I'm still trying to find the time to fit it into my schedule is still getting updated and I hope it all it was and continues to be useful for people looking to get into the industry to see what's out there writers who are looking for their specialist publisher as well as linking ultimately customers and readers to the people who are passionate about books and hopefully this will give Indie is a well-deserved boost as well. 
Yeah, I think it's a fantastic list and it's definitely very useful for publishing hopefuls, which I can speak of from experience. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really interesting just to see the scope of, of the projects that publishers are carrying out. I mean, there are so many niches in the industry that people won't have heard. I mean, there was a lot of people that I hadn't heard of um, prior to doing this project. Um, so it was really interesting to see how much amazing stuff is out there. Yeah, like you say, like maps out a little bit of that side of the industry for people who don't know what's out there. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows Penguin, Hachette, the big five, but on a on a smaller level, I mean, I think there are hundreds of people who are essentially doing it single-handedly. And I find that incredible that, you know, ultimately one person can go out there and produce a physical book that they can then then sell to people who want to read it I think it's really cool yeah big fan <laughs> yeah and it's really great to give those small businesses and a shout out especially in lockdown so how do you marry this interest and support you have for independent publishing and book selling with your work at a chain book retailer surprisingly actually they're quite harmonious so my role in a chain bookstore is definitely really helpful to promote my love for independent publishing because I think it gives me a platform to promote these books in a really prominent way. Talking about my experience in Crouch End, I have a display in my shop which is solely dedicated to independent publishers and I get to choose what goes on that display. So much so there was a point at which I felt like I was in a bit of a commercial rabbit hole so to speak with a lot of big names coming out and I couldn't really see the wood for the trees so putting a call out on Twitter is my place if anybody is ever interested in, in finding me on social media it will be Twitter and I put a call out to basically say to independent publishers what what are you excited about this year basically as research for what I could put on that display customers come and ask me about it all the time and it really brings something different to the selection that we have in store I I'm a very strong believer in that I think everybody should have one of these displays somewhere in their stores, just for diversity, if nothing else. <laughs> I think it's really cool that you do that, and I love to keep my eye out for your recommendations. Speaking of your recommendations and your website, you also have a blog on your website that you review books, as I understand it? Yeah, so Loslit, so the main website that I originally started, is a place where I review my reading, yeah. Cool, and how does that link in with your role as a bookseller? Like, do the two go together, and how do you balance that, like, alongside working as a bookseller? Yeah, so obviously reading is a key aspect of, of my job. If I, if I read a book, I can then talk to people about it to ultimately sell it. But I think what reviewing does which is really great is gives me a way to articulate the thoughts that I have about a certain book that I've read it's often not very easy to kind of say to somebody about a book you're really excited about I really love this because it's not enough it doesn't give anybody any sense of of what you really do think even if you do love it so what what reviewing does is it gives me the ability to kind of articulate myself a bit better as well as obviously being a platform for boosting the author, boosting the publisher and that kind of thing. I'm always honest with my reviews and sometimes that can be really hard, but ultimately I think it helps with the thought process. 
and that way I can take that knowledge into the shop and be a better bookseller for it I think I think it's a really crucial part of bookselling is being able to articulately talk about books yeah absolutely yeah it sounds like the two really marry well together as a skill set and I'm sure it helps your your customers find some really good ones yeah definitely I mean it, it gives me the ability to kind of scope out as well what what we need in the shop so we can stock the titles that ultimately I can talk about and that the team can talk about and and introduce people to some really interesting things so now I was just wondering if you could talk a bit about the process of applying to Waterstones for a book selling role as um, I think this is something that a lot of publishing hopefuls are interested in doing that isn't always that obvious so if you're looking to become a bookseller, then obviously that's great. As we're recording this, we're about to go into our busiest time of year. I've already mentioned the word Christmas and I will mention it again. Every year we do a significant amount of hiring over the Christmas period to help with the increased footfall. And the key to ultimately getting a job at Waterstones, I mean, there's no sure fast way, but I think one of the first steps you need to do is go into your local branch or a shop that you really love and talk to the team to see if they have any vacancies. We don't advertise online, but talking to someone might mean that you can get the details you need. Even if there isn't a vacancy in that particular shop, there might be a vacancy elsewhere in the next shop over. From there, it's a case of sending a cover letter and a CV to the right store. I probably don't need to go into too much detail about these things, but the focus should always be customer service and books. We have so many people who leave our customer service experience on their applications, but it really is extremely important. So what would you say are the most valuable skills that you would look for in a junior bookseller? So I love a bookseller who is proactive. Someone who won't be afraid to approach a customer and ask if they need any help. You often get two types of customers in the bookstore. One who needs help and the other one who likes to be left alone. And I find it really funny that we often get applicants who are the kind of customers who like to browse and don't like to talk to people. Which is obviously fine. I like a good quiet browse more than anybody. But we need people to recognise that nine times out of ten a customer really does want an interaction. Whether it be directions or help finding a certain book or a recommendation and being able to talk to people and recognizing as well I think that that person wants to be talked to is possibly the most valuable thing and ultimately that interaction can lead to some really good conversations and keep customers coming back which at the end of the day is what we want. So on the subject of applying to be a bookseller, do you have any advice for someone looking to get into bookselling? So further advice, (laughs) I think put the idea of spending your day reading to one side. Ultimately, this is a physical and busy job. As much as I'd love to spend my entire day reading, it's not what it's about. Absolutely. I think I have a little bit of experience as a bookseller and the stereotype of that you're sitting in a very dark academia themed shop and you're like a very broody bookseller who just gets to read in the corner all day is not a reality (laughs) but it is a fab job and it's a very sociable job that I would recommend to anyone. So I'd love to ask you what is the strangest interaction you've had at work in a bookshop? Um strangest I mean there's there's probably a lot that I can draw from I think I'll tell you about so there was this one time where a customer came in looking for a specific book and he 
couldn't describe the book, but what he knew about it was that it was read and it had been published two years ago and it was Russian. And for the life of us, we couldn't figure out what it was. We'd suggested everything that we genuinely thought of. You know, we were a team of four full-time booksellers there. We, we must be able to get this man what he wants. And everything, it was no, 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 no. To the point at which I said, well, maybe it's just a non-fiction book. And he's, you know, forgotten what it was about. So it could be a swathe of things. So I went through all the history books on Russia as well. It wasn't any of those. And... <laughs> basically all of us had given up but then my manager at the time picked up the master and margarita by bulgakov and that's what it turned out to be and for anybody who doesn't know what it looks like i mean not only is it not a modern novel it's considered a classic but it was also yellow with a large cat on the front and we were all just there with our head <laughs> Heads in our hands, going, how on earth did this happen? At least he got his book in the end, but my goodness, that was very strange. Wow. The team really pulled through there in the end, despite the lack yeah. of um, descriptive abilities of this man knowing what the what book he actually wanted. Definitely. I mean, recommending things is an art, but finding things is something else when somebody knows so little about what they're looking for. I spend a lot of time looking up the Radio 4 schedule because often, more often than not, somebody's gone, oh, I heard about this book on the radio, but I didn't catch the title. So there I am frantically Googling what was on the radio this morning. <laughs> Talking about recommendations, what is your favourite book to recommend to customers? Ooh. So I think my favourite book to recommend has to be Pachinko by Minjin Lee, mainly because it was the first book that got me back into reading, or at least reading novels. I spent a lot of time reading very dense history books. Um, so coming back to novel reading was surprisingly difficult. And this was kind of the book where I felt like it still had that history connection. So for anybody who doesn't know it, it's a book set in the 20th century it spans a very long period of time during which Japan occupies Korea during the World War. And it follows the story of this family and it goes through three generations of them who leave Korea to go to Japan and their lives as Korean immigrants in, in this new country. It's an absolutely epic family saga and it was so absorbing so for anybody who doesn't know anything about that time period, and I mean, I didn't particularly, I found it so interesting to learn about, as well as just being really invested in the characters. So that's definitely my go-to recommendation. But also following on that, for anybody who's interested, <laughs> recommending is, is definitely, as I said earlier, a sort of art in a way, where sometimes the most rewarding recommendations are books you haven't read, which... Sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but it's it's kind of fun. <laughs> and I always find that recommending something you haven't read comes in sort of three three strands where you have to talk to colleagues about books. You also have to use internet. Google is your friend when recommending things you don't know. Also using the shop 
Waterstones has specific layouts which not only help the customer but help the bookseller. So we have things that are faced out. So they're our most prominent titles, things on the tables, and also recommendations cards. So using those is also really helpful to recommend things that you might not necessarily have read. It's a bit sneaky and sometimes I have been caught out, but <laughs> it is good fun. Fantastic. Yeah, it sounds like quite a skill to recommend books that you, you might not have read. But of course you have to. You can't have read every single book in the bookshop. <laughs> it's impossible. So do you have any titles which you're most anticipating at the moment? Yes, I do. So there's one that I have gotten extremely excited about. It's published next year, so there's a bit of a wait for it. But it's called Death of a Bookseller by mm. Alice Slater. Alice was one of the first people I came across when I entered bookselling. She knew my manager up in, in Walthamstow. And so I, I knew her as a book person. So to see her debut novel coming out, I am so excited. It is very her in that it's quite gory and gruesome, but really fun as well. Alice was a bookseller a bit before me, so we never crossed paths, but she definitely gives a lot of insight in what it's like to be a bookseller. So I, I see a lot of my own job reflected in the book as well. I can't wait for people to see this one. I think it's going to be really great. That's out in, I think it's May of next year. Very on topic as well. I'm slightly scared to read it in case it hits a bit too close to home. (laughs) (laughs) Were you quite scared reading it? (laughs) Yes. However, I do think occupational hazards in in the bookshop are very limited to probably a a book giving me a bit of a bonk on the head and that's probably (laughs) it. I hope, touch wood. Um, (laughs) And since we've talked a little about independent businesses and you are a bookshop manager, would you ever consider setting up your own indie business in the future? That's an interesting question. I mean, I've seen independent bookshops being set up. If anybody's heard of Book Bar, they've just passed their, their sort of first year anniversary and they are my local indie It's a really interesting idea and one that I've considered. I have done some window shopping with shop premises, but it's genuinely never gone any further than that, ultimately, because it's a really expensive thing to do. In a dream world, it would be lovely. But also I understand, I think, the struggles of setting up by yourself and it's quite a daunting prospect. I think ultimately at this point in time, I've still got plenty of things to learn. So I'm going to focus on that. But, you know... Never say never. I might come into some money at some point. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's a very exciting thought experiment to think about how you would have your own book. Definitely, definitely. And well, that's actually all we have time for today. But thank you so much for joining me to discuss book selling and the book industry, Lauren. No problem at all. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. Thanks for listening to Inside Publishing. I've been your host, Flick Hemming. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find more via Apple Podcasts and Spotify. See you next time.